for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? We are relentless. We are strategic. We are intellectual as we press towards the mark, right? Amen in Jesus' name. So, I hope everyone's doing wonderfully this morning because I'm feeling kind of good today. And I want to continue. I'm really excited about everything that we've been talking about as of late. And I guess because God just has this all in my spirit that it needs to get out to the people. These are things that you need to know. And then once you have the information, 
You can do with it what you need to do with it, but the information has to be given to you. So we've been talking about spiritual maturity for a little while now, because this is something that God is really pushing his people towards. Because if you think about it, how long have so many people just been, oh, I'm saved and I'm good. I'm just living under grace and I'm good. You know, nobody's not really, really, well, I won't say nobody. That's that's a broad statement and I can't say that because there are people that are out there doing the work, but not enough of us are doing the work. And that's what, that's the point I want to make. Not enough of us are doing the work that we should be doing in order to combat the kingdom of darkness. So the Lord is preparing us for what lies ahead. He sees down the road where we can't see down the road because we're just, you know, we're just not that blessed to be able to see what's coming ahead, but he can, and he will never leave his people in the dark, not knowing what to expect. So for those of us who have ears to hear, stay tuned to what he's saying. So as we continue to walk through our journey, on our journey, to our predestined location, We know that we're in a battle, right? And I know a lot of you don't want to talk about this subject because a lot of, a lot of seasoned, let me tell you something. There's a lot of seasoned Christians that don't want to talk about this subject, but not talking about a subject doesn't mean that the subject doesn't exist. And that's one thing that we have to, just as human beings, we have to recognize apart from even thinking about things in the spiritual, just in the natural. If you have an issue or a problem, just because you don't address it doesn't mean that the problem is not there. And just because you don't address it doesn't mean that the problem is going to go away on its own. So the same way that people don't want to talk about spiritual warfare and the fact that we're in a battle every day for our life, literally and figuratively, Every day when we open our eyes, and I told you this one before, every day when you open your eyes, yes, it's a blessing. And you should thank God for when you do open your eyes in the morning. But know that as soon as you opened your eyes, you're on the battlefield. I told you before you get out the bed, Satan is already trying to bombard your mind with things that he doesn't want you to get up and do anything that's going to be productive for the kingdom of God. So when you know that, once you've prepared yourself for that. And that's what God is doing. He's preparing us like soldiers. They train, they go to boot camp, they receive instructions on how to fight in various terrains, and then they're given their uniforms. And that's what God is doing for us. We're in boot camp. He's training us. He's giving us our instructions. He's been giving us our instructions. He's teaching us how to fight in various terrains. And now it's time for us to put on our uniform. So today, we're going to discuss our preparation for battle. And we've been talking about, like I said, how God has been preparing us from the beginning for us to be ready for this part of the topic. 
Because I couldn't start out with this part of the topic with a lot of people not even knowing who they were in Christ, who Christ was to them, the Holy Spirit, being saved. There's so many other subjects that I had to touch on before I can get to this one. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I say welcome. Go back onto my archives on Radio Free Brooklyn. Go through the lessons that we've gone through. There's some gems there. There are gems there that you can pick up to understand where God is taking us in this time, in this season of where we are. So he's preparing us. And now it's time for us to get our uniforms. And now I know if you go back to the archives, you'll see that I touched upon this subject once before. But when I touched upon it, I touched upon it, but didn't go in depth into it. This time we're going in depth because we are really putting on our armor because the battle that we're fighting is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities. Today's topic, the armor of God, the first piece of armor, the belt of truth. And our scripture reading today is going to come from Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. And as usual, I'm always reading from the New King James Version, unless I specify otherwise. And I want to just say this before I even begin reading. Those of you that hear the sound of my voice, when I say we're in a battle, even the fact that you're listening to what I'm saying to you right now, the enemy is already getting upset because he doesn't know if you're going to listen to what I'm saying. He doesn't know if you're going to take hold of it and then run further with it. He's not sure what my voice is doing right now to those who are listening to me, but he's preparing his people to be ready to combat anything that I have to tell you right now, because he's always going to go against what the word of God says. So just keep that in mind. So our scripture reading today, as I said, is coming from Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in his power and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your Feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with 
all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Blessed is the reading of the word in Jesus' name. So when we read this scripture, when you heard me reading this scripture, we're being warned about the wiles of the devil. And now if he didn't exist, if evil didn't exist, if the fact that there wasn't a warfare going on and it didn't exist, would God have told us about it? Would it have been relevant for us to, for him to tell us about it? We know that Satan exists. Even if you want to, even if you don't want to think about spirit, let's just take this back to the smallest and simplest point of understanding. Even if you don't want to acknowledge right now that you're in a battle. If you're reading the word of God, you know that Satan appeared to Adam and Eve from the beginning in Genesis. Right there. Trouble. Just from that passage in Genesis, you saw how he operated as the serpent. Trouble. So if he went there to trouble them, do you think he's not troubling us today? especially after crisis come. So God is warning us about the wiles of the devil. And we are being warned about his deceitful ways. Because look, let me tell you, he's watching our lives like a playbook in a football game. And I'm using football because it's football season now and I like football. So if you think about football, you know that when a team prepares to play another team, or even in basketball, I guess they do the same thing, or in any sport, when you're going up against your opponent, they usually watch previous um, games that the other team has played because you want to see how their, their um, teammates move on the field and how they operate so that you can get an understanding of what's going on in their mind when it comes to doing certain things on the field when they're at certain markers. Like if you're watching a, a previous game and you're like, oh, okay, at the 50-yard line, they usually always try to blitz or they always try to, you know, fake something. It gives you an idea of what may be going on in that team's head. That's what Satan is doing with us. He's watching our lives like he has a playbook. He knows our moves, our weaknesses, our fears, and definitely our sins because he was there in the background on some of them, not all of them. I'm not giving him credit for everything because we do things on our own, but there are a lot of them that he might have put that little, man, let me just put this little teaser out there and I know they're going to jump at it, right? So he knows what will tempt us and just how to package it. He knows about the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And we talked about this from before. And he uses it all against us to keep us from experiencing all the blessings that God has for us. That's his ultimate goal. Like we say, we're pressing towards the mark of the prize. His mark that he's pressing for is to keep as many of us from going back to God as he possibly can. He is trying to keep us from the will of God in our lives. Because if you think about it, 
He has nothing better to do. He has nothing else better to do than accuse us to the Father about everything that we've done wrong. He's our accuser. And the reason why he has nothing else better to do, and that's why that saying comes in, idle hands is the work, you know, is the devil's workshop. Because if you're idle, meaning you have nothing to do, it gives you time to get into chaos. The devil has nothing else to do. So all he wants to do is create chaos. And the reason why he he has nothing to do is because he knows that he has no chance of ever, ever, ever getting back into the graces of God. Never. He's already, that ship has sailed for him. When he was booted out of heaven, that ship sailed. And he knows that his job day and night is to make sure that we don't get to go there either. See, he's annoyed now. He's annoyed that he can't ever go back. He's lost his prominent position. And he doesn't want us to have any type of position. He doesn't want us there. He knows what is there because he was there. So he knows what it's like. He doesn't want us to experience all that glory, all that goodness, all that love that God shines on everyone, on every one of his creations. He doesn't want us to experience that. So he wants us to look bad in the Lord's eyes. But we're covered by Jesus who took all of the punishments of our sins, past, present, and future. So when we're in Christ, we're covered. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's like, okay, so what? So what? I'm still going to get you to do something. And when you do it, I'm still going to go say that you did it. It's like a little kid. It's like your little sibling, like your younger sibling. And as soon as you go to do something, they're running to tell your parents. That's what he's like. But the only difference is he's setting it up. He sets it up for you to get into stuff. And then after he sets it up and you fall for it, then he runs and tells on you. Right? So we aren't fighting or wrestling with flesh and blood. It's not your coworker. It's not your boss. It's not your neighbor. It's not your teacher. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your children, your girlfriend. It's not your boyfriend. It's not your family. It's not the grocery store clerk. It's not the bus driver or the train conductor. It's not the police officer. You get the picture of what I'm saying. But it's principalities. So when we prepare for battle... The first thing that the scripture tells us when we read in Ephesians 6, when he said, put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The first thing he says for us to put on is gird your waist with truth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The first piece of the armor. We have to first gird our waist with the truth. Now, back in the day, when you girded your waist, it was that you were tucking your, because you know, they wore, everybody wore long robes back in the day, back, back, way back in the day, when this was written back in the day. So 
they attempt, when they girded their waist, they were tucking their long robes into a girdle, which was a belt, so that it wouldn't hamper their movement. And we know that the truth is the word of God, right? So it brings back to our remembrance the written word of the Lord that has been etched on our heart, right? Because from the beginning, God was telling us, there's going to be a time where there's not going to be a written word. You're not going to be able to pull up your phone and go to Bible Gateway or Bible.com or the New Testament. However you get your word, if it's on your phone electronically, if you actually have the book and you're flipping through the pages, because I know a lot of us still with me, what I have a lot of things on my my iPad and my phone, my iPhone and my computer, you know, my other laptops that I have and my computer, my desktops. But to me, because I'm old school, there's nothing like reading a book and flipping the pages. I can't read a Kindle. I have a Kindle. I do have a Kindle. But I can't read it. I tried to read it. I can't. I can read something for a short period of time off of a screen. But I can't sit there and read an entire novel on a screen. I can't. I have to have the book. I like to flip pages. I like to go back in the page. I like to underline. I like to write in the corner. And yes, there are a lot of computers and laptops and tablets and stuff that allow you to write on them. But to me, it's not the same. I like that pen paper feel. I like that feeling in my fingertips. I got to have that feeling. You know, and that lets me know that I'm I'm understanding and I'm grasping everything. Everybody has a different learning style. And I know to a lot of people, they love this new technology, but that's not me. I love it, but I love having a book as well. But going back to what I was saying, we might not be able to have books. You see how they're burning books now? Because, oh, this book is banned. That book is banned. This book is banned. What if they say the Bible is banned? And don't be like, ah, oh, what are you talking about? They're never going to ban the Bible. They're banning books that we thought they would never ban either. We read these books coming up in school. Why would they ban them today? Everything is subject to change, especially with Satan knowing that his time is growing short and we are fighting against principalities. So if it means getting rid of the written word of God, we're going to get rid of the written, written word of God. And if you don't know what the word says, then you're going to be lost. That's why it's so important for you to get it into your heart, get it into your spirit, get an understanding of what God is saying. So even when, if, and I pray it doesn't come, but I feel it will come, you have something to hold on to, right? You will have something to hold on to. So we are to stand in the truth. That means speaking out against anything that is contrary to the word of the Lord. But how can you speak out against anything that's contrary if you don't know the word? How can you correct something with truth if you don't know what the truth is? And we know that, of course, God is growing us in this level of spiritual maturity, and he no longer wants us to act like little children. Ephesians 4 14 to 15, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine 
by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. That scripture right there, fake news. It is talking about fake news. What you hear, what Trump started, the fake news. That's what that scripture is talking about. It's speaking directly to fake news. How many times are we are we being told that what's this is right and this is wrong? When in fact, it's the exact opposite. What they say is right is wrong, and what they say is wrong is right. For example, now I'm gonna take it here, and I was trying to I was trying not to take it here, but you know, every time I'm gonna tell you something. When you're doing the will of God. He's going to take you places where, of course, you know, we've talked about this before, too, that you're not going to want to go. So there are some subjects that he's been pressing on me, pressing on me to talk about. And I've just been skirting, skirting, skirting. But, you know, eventually when it comes to me, you know, he always gets me to talk about it. Like this is for an example. And I say about fake news. The notion that. They have this thing going around now that slavery they want to teach this to the children in school. Now, pay attention to what they want your children to learn. That slavery was beneficial to African-Americans because it taught them valuable skills. It helped them develop skills that they could use later on in life. But we know the truth. We know that that's not true. You didn't enslave us so that you can give us valuable skills. And how dare you call slavery like a learning institution? So I'm not going to go any further into that because we're talking about the armor of God right now. Because that right there is a whole nother topic that I can go on. But right now we're going to stick with what God has us on right now, which is getting us prepared for our battle. And when we know the truth, then we can refute all of the fake news that is seeping into our thoughts daily. When you read something or hear something, can you tell if it's true or not? One sure way is to ask yourself, does it line up with the word of God? Today, we stand confident that we have matured in our walk and we are able to speak freely concerning the things of God, or are we? Hmm. Only you can answer that question for yourself. And with that, I believe it's a perfect time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
not here to chase a miracle I'm here to chase the maker You don't have to prove a thing at all To prove that you're my savior
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I want to tell you guys about that musical selection that we just heard. Of course, you know, we started out with Making Changes by Grace. Then we had Armor by Seth and Nerva, followed by Still Small Voice by Annie Golden. And then we just heard The Fear of God by Brooke Legertwood. I hope I didn't mess up that woman's name. But if you listen to the words of the songs that I played, it's right in tune with everything that God has been preparing us for, has been leading us towards. It's just everything is being ushered in. And I know I've said this from before, too, that back in the day, we would always say, oh, Christ is returning, Christ is returning. You know, you better get ready. You better, you know, repent for your sins, blah, blah, blah. But the atmosphere is really preparing us that he's coming soon because you can see everything jumping off like nothing else. Everything is just jumping off. So if you've never believed what your grandparents said, what your parents probably told you, or what you've heard the pastor saying over the pulpit, that he's coming, he's coming, trust and believe. And I told you when he comes back, he's not coming in no swaddling clothes. He's coming for battle. And that's the battle that he's preparing us for right now. So now that was our musical selections. And now we're into the part of the show that I call op-ed. And to continue on the conversation that we've been having, this warfare is real. Like I said, we deal with it every day of our lives. Angels versus demons, light versus darkness, good versus evil, however you want to call it. It's there every day, every minute of every day. The sad part of it all is that there are so many walking around oblivious to what is really happening in their lives. Oblivious. They're just going through the motions. But the saddest part of that statement is they are unaware that they can take part and control how the battle affects their lives personally. We're all capable of controlling how the battle affects us right? We're all capable. God gave us choice. God gave us free will. We can decide to keep living a a downtrodden life, miserable, feeling like the world is all against us, which it is. So when you feel like the world is against you, it is. This is not your world. If you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, if you've surrendered your life to God and said, God, I'm here to do your will, this is not your world. So when it feels like it's coming in on you, it is. Suck it up. This is where we're at. 
this is where we're at, and this is what we have to deal with. But the thing about it is, and when I say suck it up, I'm not dismissing it like you shouldn't feel heavy at times because there's times when I feel heavy. And when I feel heavy, I'm like, move out of my way. I'm like Tasmanian devil. But I have to remember, I can act like Tasmanian devil. And if you remember him from the comics, he used to just spin around, spin around, spin around and make dust, 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 dust all over the place. But what did it change? Nothing. Nothing. So rather than act like Tasmanian devil, we can go and put our armor on as we're going to learn as we go through the different parts of it. Today, we talked about girding our waist with the truth. When we have our armor on, we don't have to get upset when the world throws things at us because it doesn't affect us. It's not going to affect us. Why? Because we've already won the battle. The complete battle has already been won. When Christ died on the cross, that took care of the battle. Right now, we're just living through the little remnants of, you know how you know something happened at the end? Like you're watching a movie. To every movie, there's an ending, but you have to go through the first parts of it to lead up to the ending. This is what we're doing. We're going through the parts and the motions to lead up to the ending. But we are, we see the good thing about it is spoiler alert. Although people, you know, if you're watching a movie and you're like, don't tell me the end because I want to see it for myself. I'm sorry. We already know the end of this. We already know how this ends. Christ wins. God wins. End of discussion. We know the end. So when you know the end and it's a glorious end and it's an end that we're looking forward to, then yeah, we just got to watch the rest of the movie to let it play out because we already know what the end of it's going to come. And I'm calling it a movie. It's not a movie. This is our lives. But if you look at it like it's a movie, just play it out because you already know what the end is. So, of course, through the movie, we're all our own protagonists, right? We have the the plot in the story that we could have good days, we could have bad days. She could be the heroine. He could be the hero. Or sometimes you're the villain. Sometimes you're the villain, too. Sometimes in a movie you get those characters, you're like, I can't stand so-and-so. Oh, he gets on my nerves when he does X, Y, Z. You have those characters in your life going on right now. But in the end, you still know at the end of it all, we already know how the movie ends, right? So since we know how the movie ends and we all know that we're playing, and I keep saying movie, but it's not a movie, but I'm using movie as an analogy, all right? I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to diminish everything that I'm trying to teach you here and what God is trying to get across for you. But you know, anytime I use an analogy, I always try to use the simplest form so that it's easier for everyone to understand. So if we know the parts that we play, and that's why it's so important to pay attention and be in tune to the word of God, because he'll tell you the part that you play. The part that you play is your purpose. That's the part that you play. So If you think about it being like on a stage, we're on Broadway, everybody has their part, but if you're reading my part, who's reading your part? And that's where it's so important where, where you hear, you know, pastors and preachers saying, you know, stop comparing, stop trying to get the gifts that other people have. Stop wishing that you could be like so-and-so. I wish I could talk like this one, or I wish I could sing like that one. No, 
you need to sing like you sing because that one is doing their part. Their part is a cue for somebody else to come into the play. If you're not playing your part, the person that's supposed to get a cue from you will never be able to enter because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Everybody has to do what they're supposed to do. Play your part. If you're a tree, stand there and be a tree. It's no less significant than the one that's standing there talking next to the tree. Because the one that's talking next to the tree does not mean that the tree is not significant because he needed that tree to stand next to or she needed that tree to stand next to to be able to do their monologue. That tree is important. That tree plays a part. Even though you don't think the tree plays a part. See, we want to put we want to put emphasis and significance on things that are green, like, oh, grand, like, oh, everybody's making a big deal out of this. Trees play an important part. If we didn't have trees outside today, could we breathe? You just walk by trees like, oh, it's a tree, it's there, leaves get on my nerves, I got to keep sweeping them up every time this, that, and the other, they clog the drain, blah, blah, blah. If that tree wasn't there, would you be able to have life? Would you be able to take the breath that you breathe every day? So don't look at that tree as being insignificant. And I'm not saying you're a tree, but I'm just saying, play your part. That tree is playing its part. He could care less what you're doing. He's doing what he needs to do. And he's not trying to be you. So in preparing for us to get ready for this battle and controlling how this battle is going to go in our lives, how we can control it on some level, because we know God is in control of everything, but he does give us, he gives us the power to be able to move through the battles so that we're not, you know, we're not scarred as much or as bad if we follow in what he gives us as far as the training that we take, our armor that we wear, and the ways that he's taught us to fight in various terrains. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. That's one of the, that right there is a weapon that we could use in various terrains. You know what? When I'm feeling kind of anxious and nervous and upset and what's going to happen next? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. What am I going to do? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, underline everything on your tablet, in your book, on your heart, in your brain, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. That's what he's there for. He's the commander in chief. Why am I going to go fight this battle and not know what the commander in chief wants me to do? Hello? This is not my battle. I'm just a soldier in it. What would you like me to do? You know, okay, God, you see, you see what's happening, right? That's, that's my famous prayer. As soon as something jumps off, I'm like, okay, God, you see what just happened, right? You see what she just said? Okay. All right. Now, what are we going to do about it? Uh, like, like what's going on here? That's my prayer. That's my prayer. Okay, God. Yes, I hear you. Thank you. Yes, I'm going to calm down. Let me take a deep breath. 
But you did see what happened, right? You did see just you, you did just see what happened, right? Take it to him. Take it to him. And then he will give you that peace that you wouldn't even understand. That even after that just happened, you're like, <laughs> you chuckle about it and you keep it moving because you still got other things to do. You still got your part to play because somebody's waiting for you to say your line so that they can have their cue and come in. See, this is a constant every day. That's why I say it's every day. It's every minute of the day. It's a constant movement. Nothing just happens and then everybody just sits still. Curtain closed. We're going for intermission. No, there's no intermission. There's no intermission. So when we've girded, right, when we've girded with the truth, which is the word of God, we're able to take the battle to God with his word and he will cover us, protect us from any arrows that are tossed our way by the enemy. That's all in the connection that we have with Jesus, our relationship with the Lord. If Satan's going to be on his game, we need to be on our game at all times. He has his playbook. We have our playbook. First Peter 5 and 8 reminds us that we are to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So since the word clearly states to us that he is like a roaring lion, and that he is, not that he is a roaring lion, but he's only like one, then if I choose to look at him like a lion cub, because I'm backed by the Holy Spirit that dwells within me, and I'm using the word of God as my weapon to defeat him, who's really winning this battle? I am in Jesus' name. And that ends up Ed. Look, my time is growing short. But we have, this is our last Sunday of the month, so we have to talk about our word of the month, which is reinvent. We are changing something so much that it appears to be entirely new. And we're going to take our promise this week from what I read earlier, Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And with that, my beloveds, my lovelies, I want you all to have a blessed Sunday. I want you to all to continue to have a blessed week. Remember what we talked about here today. Remember, this is the first part of the armor that you're going to put on. Remember, it's going to protect you. And of course, of course, you know, I'm going to want to dance this out, right? Because I love... You know what it is? I love when God gives us a word and it's really powerful. And this is something that you can really think about. If you go back and read over the scriptures that I talked about today, it'll give you a better understanding. And that's what I want you to do. You don't, don't just take what I say is for face value. Yes, I'm reading it, but I want you to go read it for yourself. I want you to take it to God and say, okay, I heard what I heard what Kay said about this. I heard her perspective on this, Lord. I heard what you gave her in her spirit concerning this, what you said. But how does this pertain to me? How do I apply this to my life, God? You take that to him and he will show you how you can apply it to your life 
for you in your circumstances, in your situation. Because the way I deal with something is not going to be the way you deal with it because we're living two different lives. Remember, I got my script. I know the part I play. Go read your script so you know what part you play. Don't try to read mine. And I'm not trying to make you read mine. But in my reading mine, I'm showing you how important it is for you to know yours too. So take it to him. He'll explain everything to you what you need to know concerning that scripture and how it plays in your life. So with that, I say have a wonderful Sunday once again. And once again, you know, we're going to dance this out because look, there's a lot of times I think about it. I used to hang out in the club, bring the sun up dancing, right? So if I could dance for Satan, why can't I dance for Christ? Hello? Why wouldn't I? I got a better deal on this side, way better deal. And with that, we're going to dance it out with Humble by Kojo Dave and Marazu. Have a blessed Sunday. Peace. Oh, Lord God, you know the lead deserve the glory. Living in darkness, you still found me. Fire and lightning, you surround me. You remind me to humble myself. Humble myself. Humble myself. Humble myself. You must humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble myself. Humble myself. Oh, God. Hello. Humble myself, humble myself, you must humble yourself.